Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and start of the new football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. And make sure you head over to the website or use the mobile device and sign up today for 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25, 100%. For new customers only, by signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. What up, GTK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Jordan Della Valley. This evening, we're breaking down episode 446 for you, and we are talking about 10 things that we are going to monitor for week one, and then we're going to get into a handful of last-minute picks for your fantasy football rosters. Before we do that, we want to welcome you in to September, and we want to just get some excitement rolling for week one of the football season. It has been a very long off season into the spring, into the summer, late summer, heading into fall now. Bobby and I have been with you since basically the week after the Super Bowl in February. Jordan came on recently as well. We've had a ton of incredible guests all summer long. It's been an absolute blast. A lot of fun hanging out with everybody this summer. So we appreciate all the TCK Potters hanging out with us all summer long and the fantasy focus team for giving us a little bit of extra airplay. So if you're tuning in live on fantasy focused Facebook page, YouTube page, Periscope or Twitter and uh, Twitch as well, feel free to jump into the live comment section and we will jump into your comments best that we possibly can, but we're excited about this 446, 10 things to monitor for week one and some last minute ads. Jordan, how we doing, man? I know you got a couple drafts left. I've, I've got one more myself. And then we're at the finish line, and we can finally start focusing on what's coming up versus like predicting what we might do. Now we have our rosters. Now we can make some moves. How you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Obviously, I've, I've been drafting all summer, unfortunately, across different formats. Uh, so I've already made some of these uh, week one ads, luckily. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, still in the middle of a slow draft that started on Sunday morning. Hopefully it finishes by Thursday um, and then have my, my work league draft on Wednesday night and helping a friend out with, with her draft the, the, right after it, almost back to back on Wednesday night. So nothing like fitting in a couple last minute drafts. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we're getting down there. We're getting to the finish line. I'm, I'm really excited about it as well. So make sure y'all tune in to Sunday morning, 7 a.m. 7 to 10 a.m. Pacific time where I'm at. Or you can meet the guys on the Florida side, the East Coast side, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. East Coast time. We got three hours of pregame for week one here. Start sits, the start sit onslaught y'all are accustomed to here on the Fantasy Focused Squad. You're going to have us from TCK involved as well. We'll get as many people involved as we possibly can and help out as many questions as we possibly can. Getting you ready 
for week one. We got Thursday night coming up here. The Bucks and the Cowboys kicking us off for this week. We have every other team playing on Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday, of course. Jordan, let's get right into this, man. We've we've gone through all of the other categories here, but we have last-minute ads that we're going to get into in the second half of this episode. Just some final names. If you got maybe a bench spot or maybe there's a roster cut, we just found out, right, Latavius Murray was released by the Saints. That was surprising to me. So there's guys like Tony Jones and other guys around the league who are starting to get opportunity, maybe other guys that you can cut, or maybe it's your sixth, seventh wide receiver, running back, third tight end. Maybe you drafted like an Adam Troutman or something. You're still unsure if he's going to be ready to go. You want to get a depth piece instead. Or you have somebody moving on to the COVID IR or somebody, maybe you drafted Rashad Bateman, for example. He's going to be on the IR for a little bit. Drop him in your IR spot pick up one of these other guys that's going to be on the second half of the episode first half though jordan you and i each have five things that we're going to be monitoring for fantasy football purposes over week one and this could be a particular player we've drafted and we're curious about could be a guy returning from injury maybe it's a running back by committee situation a quarterback battle maybe it's rookie wide receivers or rookie in general so we have a lot to cover here on 10 things that we're going to be monitoring in week one, let's kick it off with you here. What's the first thing you're going to be monitoring here this weekend for week one specifically? Yeah, I mean, my first thing that I'm looking at is the Las Vegas wide receivers. Um, the Raiders are coming in, obviously, with Derek Carr and, and Darren Waller being pretty much the center pieces of that passing offense in Las Vegas. But any offense like has to have a number two. And there's no doubt that Waller's going to be the one. Uh, but you think about where are the targets, where's uh, Derek Carr's passing volume going to go. Each of the last three seasons, in a 16-game in a season, Derek Carr's thrown for over 4,000 yards in each of those uh, seasons. And 15 and 16, he was also pretty close, um, throwing for just under that 4,000 mark, 4,000 yard mark as well. Um, it comes out to about like 200, a little over 250 yards per game. Um, you know, put on top of that, the, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, over under win totals at seven games this year, they're probably going to be behind a lot. Uh, so passing a lot, uh, you obviously have uh, the addition of Kenyon Drake potentially getting targets out of the backfield, but there has to be a number one wide receiver in Las Vegas. Last year, that was Nelson Aguilar. He's now gone. Uh, so I'm looking at whether it's Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, uh, potentially even Hunter Renfro if you're in a PPR format. Um, I'm going to be looking at this usage and trying to understand who's going to be Renfro's go-to guy outside of Waller. Because with those 250 yards a game, even if Waller were to, to put up a 1,000-plus yard season, there's thousands of yards, hundreds of yards per game that need to go around, um, and it's going to flow through likely one of these three wide receivers mainly. I think that's a great call, man. It's going to be interesting, too. I'm I'm also curious about the Raiders' side with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. I mean, I've had a bold prediction, a crazy call. I've had multiple segments on this show talking about Josh, Jake, Jake, Josh Jacobs and the fact that he has been uh, usable in fantasy football because of volume, but the efficiency is horrendous. Kenyon Drake on the other side, very efficient with much fewer touches, and I think that he will – end up getting work there too. So Darren Waller, Derek Carr, I love Brian Edwards as well. Henry Ruggs is a Bobby guy too. So I think all of us believe in the offense in general, but like where is it going to actually go here for the Raiders? Okay, I'm going to stick in New York here, and this one's tough. I Saquon Barkley has been somebody that I've been fading all summer long, which obviously kind of like makes me a little bit sick inside because I'm <laughs> waiting for him to be like – top three this year and I'm the guy that <laughs> was fading him all summer and it could you know ruin my career here but um <laughs> I unfortunately am still not convinced uh we are you know days from kickoff here and I'm still not convinced he's my RB 13 has been for a long time I have not drafted Saquon Barkley in one single draft all summer long um, because I have him so low and he goes in the middle half of the rounds. I just have not gotten an opportunity to draft him. And unfortunately, I don't feel bad about it. Uh, and I say that because like, I want to be proven wrong on this one. First of all, I super root for the kid as a person. Saquon's one of my favorite dudes in the league. I want him to be as incredible as all of us know that he can be for a long time. Um, but I'm worried about the ACL, but I'm also worried about the offensive line for the Giants, Daniel Jones inconsistencies, limited opportunity to score, and frankly, his peers. 
right? I mean, we know about CMC and Dalvin Cook and, and Alvin Kamara um, but and, and Derrick Henry, but Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, if Jonathan Taylor's right and the Colts are ready to go, right? I mean, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon could have a big bounce back this season. Mm-hmm. CEH is coming up from behind. There's so many guys in that range that I feel are more safe. I know the upside with Saquon, but feel more safe. So I'm I'm going to be watching not only the health overall of Saquon Barkley and how he looks individually, but the usage. Now, they're going up against the Broncos, who are were depleted last year in injury. They're going to be bouncing back big time, right? They get Bradley Chubb back this year on the defensive line. Massive. Von Miller, obviously massive. Better secondary. Uh, I don't think the Giants are going to be ready for him. I don't think Kenny Galladay is going to be ready to go. So they're going to be pressuring Daniel Jones. And maybe Saquon gets five, six, eight dump-offs, which would help in fantasy. But what does he actually look like when he's got the ball in his hands? He looks good in drills, but I'm still kind of nervous about Saquon overall. Also, in week two, they play Thursday night football, so they might be tempering expectations and, and workload in general to keep him fresh for the second week to not over overload him. Um, a couple of years ago, we saw Dalvin Cook come back from an ACL. He played a couple of games, but then he went down with like a hamstring issue because overall, your leg muscles aren't ready to go. We all know about Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles, way back in the day in 2015, they both tore their ACLs the year before, came back and were phenomenal. Top five running backs, uh, Adrian Peterson, go for 2,000. Saquon's that type of dude, but I'm still nervous. I'm going to be watching that week one. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he blows up and looks great, but I think it's going to be like 15 touches, not 2025. And in week two, we'll see what happens from there as well. So Raiders offense. Saquon Barkley and kind of the Giants in general, first things we're looking at for week one. What's another thing you're going to be monitoring in week one? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll stick with the Giants. And just to build on your, your Saquon Barkley uh, piece there is that Thursday night game, too, is, is against the Washington football team. So not only is it a quick turnaround, Squad. they might be looking at tempering expectations, like you mentioned. It is a divisional game. Like, they're going to want to obviously put a little bit more importance on that. Um, mm. But also um, – talking about past week one, like Saquon's going to be coming off an injury, probably potentially limited usage against two great defenses to start the two weeks, uh, his first two weeks. And then if you're in a, in a redraft league, like you might be able to buy low after those first two weeks, yep. especially uh, depending on when your league drafted, this may be someone that drafted Saquon with his five through ninth pick and is not probably not going to be happy after those first two weeks. <laughs> Uh, so you might be able to buy low there. Um, I'll stick with the Giants since we're we're already talking about them. Um, and the individual that I'm looking at on the Giants is going to be actually Kenny Galladay. Um, reports out of camp right now are not great for Kenny Galladay. It, it seems to be that there just isn't that connection with with Daniel Jones um, and the Giants' offense as a whole with that injured, you know, Saquon Barkley. I don't really know what they're going to look like. I, as an Eagles fan, hope they look terrible. Um, but similar to the Las Vegas Raiders, like there's going to be passing volume in, in New York, they're going to be, again, I think hopefully losing. And so there's going to be passing volume. It can't all be dumped off to Saquon. And so Kenny Galladay's target competition in New York is not great. You're talking about Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram, like none of these guys jump out to me as being able to lead that team as the go-to guy uh, in their passing offense. Kenny Galladay has proven to be that, be able to be that guy in Detroit, obviously before he got injured and uh, hope, you know, had that uh, little hamstring tweak earlier in camp. So obviously want to monitor that as well during this week, but uh, I could see the giants offense after Saquon looking to Kenny Galladay as their main focus. Um, so I know it's going to be tough with, uh, the first two weeks, um, and especially in, in Denver with their passing defense, but I want to look for, you know, how he looks out there, how he's running his routes, how he's making cuts on his hamstring. Um, and where's Daniel Jones first read, you know, after, uh, is it to Saquon and then, or, uh, Saquon and, and Kenny G, or is he looking more towards Sterling Shepard? Um, and you know, the other receiving options on that team. I think Evan Ingram will likely be out week one. Uh, seems to be the the way that it's he's trending. Um, so I would hope to see 
10 targets out of Kenny, Doll- mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay. I mean, anything less than that, I, I might start to get worried. It's been interesting, too, in drafts, right? We're just getting out of draft season. You and I have been going nuts. Bobby, of course, and everybody else has had a ton of drafts here. And I just, you know, Darius uh, Slayton, I don't think, has been drafted in He's very free. many. He's free. free. Yep. Uh, Sterling Shepard even isn't yep. getting drafted. And if he does, it's very late. Evan Ingram isn't getting drafted. Daniel Jones isn't getting drafted in a single quarterback league. I mean, Saquon, Saquon, but this entire offense, which last year we had huge expectations for, mm-hmm. it, uh, who, you know, you had five, six guys getting drafted, the entire wide receiving core last year. Kenny Galladay is getting drafted, but everyone's tentative on him. Yep. Saquon Barkley is getting drafted. Everyone's tentative on him. And the rest of the squad isn't even getting drafted. So we're going to get into some of our last minute picks, but spoiler alert. You might want to stash one or two of these wide receivers because if Saquon's not Saquon and Kenny Galladay's not ready to go, Daniel Jones has got to throw the ball somewhere. And there's a lot of free, you know, bodies at least in this offense if you need an extra depth piece. So that'll be interesting to monitor there for sure. All right, let's get into another one that's going to be every all eyes fantasy football. You know, regular football fans are going to be all eyes on Kyle Pitts here. Um, against your Eagles, man. And it's really going to be, is Kyle Pitts going to be a tight end who gets four targets for 40 yards and maybe he accidentally gets a touchdown? Or is he going to be what all of us want him to be, which is that second hybrid wide receiver after Calvin Ridley and gets eight, nine, 10 targets for 80 to 100 yards and a touchdown or two and potentially a few chunk plays, which we no, and we saw with one play in the preseason, everybody went nuts. That could be the Kyle Pitts. I lean on the side of maybe everybody was a little bit too hesitant with Kyle Pitts. Maybe this is a situation where we're going to be looking back this time next week and go, okay, kid's legit. He's going to get 10 <laughs> targets a game, 100, you know, 100 yards and a touchdown kind of ceiling, which is insane to think of as a tight end if you're not Kelsey Waller, Kittle, one of those guys. But Maybe he just is, and it all comes down to the target share. There's nobody else out there. You know, Russell Gage, Zacchaeus, I mean, they're, they're quality players, but up against Calvin Ridley and, and Kyle Pitts, they're just not. And can Mike Davis hold up, right? He hasn't over his entire career as a bell cow there. So really interesting to see what Kyle Pitts is going to do in Atlanta, not even as a tight end, right? Because if he gets those kind of numbers, he's going to blow away. He'll be top three easy. But it's going to be, is he lining up, you know, outside? Uh, is Hayden Hurst even involved? Is he the blocker? Maybe they're doing two tight end sets. Uh, is is he in the slot or something? Like, how do they use him in the red zone? We know Matt Ryan wants to air it out, but now they got Arthur Smith, tight ends head coach or tight ends coach for a long time. So Kyle Pitts is somebody that everyone's going to be looking at, but I'm going to be hyper-focused on as well. Who's your number three performance here you're going to be looking at? Yeah, my number three, kind of selfishly, I'm obviously going to be watching the game and I'm and, uh, and invested in this team, but I'm going to be watching the Eagles backfield from a fantasy purpose, uh, per, fantasy perspective as well. Um, is Miles Sanders going to be uh, used as more of a bell cow back? I, I don't think he's going to be like your Nick Chubb, your Derrick Henry level bell cow. Obviously not. Um, but is he getting 60, 65 plus percent? Uh, of those running back touches. Um, how's he used in the passing game? Uh, is he used at all? Is it going to be more Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, right? I just want to know how these running backs are going to be used throughout the season. Um, how much does Jalen Hurts cut into the you know the rushing uh, floor for these guys? Obviously, we've seen Hurts in three and a half, four games, whatever it was. Um, small sample size. And, and now Hurts going into his first full year as a starter um, what's the rushing volume look like there? Right now, Miles Sanders, if you're still drafting, um, if you have him on your team, you probably took him at the back of the fourth. Maybe you you got a slight value and took him in the fifth. Um, but he's still you're still looking at him as your RB2. And there's a certain level of production that you need uh, on a weekly basis from your RB2 um, that I don't think you're going to get out of Miles Sanders. Uh unless he's used way differently than I'm expecting. Um, you're going to need to see a, a little bit of an involvement in the, in the passing volume in a PPR format to get you that, you know, running back to floor that you need out of Miles Sanders as a fourth or a fifth round pick. 
Um, otherwise, like I don't see much different than Ronald Jones if he's not involved in the passing offense. And so, you know, again, if you're still drafting, I don't see a difference between drafting Miles Sanders in the fourth or fifth or Ronald Jones in the seventh or sixth if uh, Miles Sanders isn't going to be getting that passing work, if Jalen Hurts is cutting into a little bit of, of his rushing floor. Um, so I hope for the Eagles' sake uh, of being a good team, they use Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell uh, a little bit more. Um, from a fan pers- fancy perspective, I don't have any Miles Sanders, sh- Miles Sanders shares. Um, so, you know, if you do have him, hopefully he's used a, a little bit more uh, than I'm expecting. In the uh, TCK Rookie League that we had over this last week, he went as the first pick in the sixth round of a Superflex League. Now, Superflex mm-hmm. changes a lot because the quarterbacks obviously are inflated, but still going in the sixth round, even you'd call it middle of the fifth if you'd like, uh, nonetheless. And then Jalen Hurts went in the middle of the fifth round. I had my home league that I've been in for 15 years, very, very competitive league that I'm in. And I generally don't go late QB in that league. We have bonus scoring and it's it's just not a league you go late QB in. But everybody else went QB early, in my opinion. So I kind of waited and took this guy, took that guy. All of a sudden, it's like the eighth, ninth round. Everybody else had a quarterback but me. So I was like, you know what? I'll just wait it out. And Ryan Tannehill, Matt Stafford, and Jalen Hurts were still available. And I was like, I'll get one of those guys at least. I ended up getting Jalen Hurts in the 11th round and feel really good about that um, in a single quarterback league. And then I backed it up with Matt Stafford, and then I got Justin Fields later as well. I know it's overkill in a single quarterback league to get three quarterbacks, but this is also a keeper league and yada, yada. So there's a reason I did it. But what I'm saying is Jalen Hurts went in the 11th round as the last quarterback picked in a 10-team super competitive league. I know there's risk with that, but you had a crazy call just a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Obviously, your Eagles bias, yeah. but it was that Jalen Hurts might not be a QB1, the QB1. Yep. If I even get top five QB upside with him, which I think I can get to steal, obviously, as the last quarterback off the board in the 11th round when I've already got four or five running backs and wide receivers and a tight end there. So I feel really good yeah. about that one as well. It's, a, it's actually funny you brought up the uh, the rookie league the listener league draft I was my first year in it, obviously first year being a part of the TCK pod. And I just brought up the results because I was curious, you know, who did I take over Miles Sanders? I, I promise you, I did not. This example was off the top of my head. I did not prep this, but I actually did take Ronald Jones in the eighth as my RB two in that league. Yep. Yeah. And I'm looking at your squad here too. And like, you're again, super flex. So you went yep. Kyler early, uh, Diggs and Ridley, Demont, um, but you didn't really have a need for another running back until late, uh, and then you stacked up on a couple guys later on there in the PPR, so yep. not a bad move there. All right, my number three here is the Saints offense in general. Again, Latavius Murray released by the Saints. That was surprising to me, making way for Tony Jones Jr. Uh, we'll talk about him in the next segment a little bit later on, uh, but <laughs> – if you haven't picked him up yet, by the time you hear this, it's it's probably too late. He's going to be very, very quickly picked up by the Camara managers, but also people that stack um, high upside handcuffs. Tony Jones is that guy now. I've mentioned it for years. 2019 here, we had Latavius Murray step in for two games when Alvin Kamara was out. Week seven and eight of that season, Latavius Murray was the number one running back. And we know he's not a, you know, incredible pass catcher but he does catch the ball and they use the running backs as such he was the number one running back both of those weeks tony jones is able to do that as well he's more of a camara build than a big body like latavius murray so if camara were to go down knock on wood of course uh tony jones would be that guy so if you're someone that collects a alexander madison a tony pollard a aj Dillon, whatever Tony Jones is now on your list. We'll talk about him later on. But the Saints offense in general is something that I'm going to be monitoring because we've got Jameis Winston, who is the starter for at least this week. We have Taysom Hill, who will get Taysom Hill plays. How many of those are there, though? They took Hall of Famer Drew Brees off the field or spread him out in the the fake wide receiver spot to be eligible. Five, six, eight, nine plays a game? That was Drew Brees. What are they going to do with Taysom Hill, or excuse me, Jameis Winston, if he struggles? Is this Jameis Winston of the Buccaneers where he's going to be, you know, three touchdowns but three picks and four sacks? Or is this going to be who I think it's going to be, 
new Jameis Winston, Saints Jameis Winston, Sean Payton Jameis Winston, who might go for three touchdowns, a pick because it's Jameis, but much more, much better ball control, getting rid of the ball, throwing the ball away, avoiding sacks, playing Saints football, not Jameis football. I think that's going to happen. How does this affect Marquez Callaway, who everybody loves now, right? Big plays in the preseason games. Traquan Smith, um, obviously whoever plays tight end, if it's Juwan, uh, Juwan Johnson or you have um, Adam Troutman if he makes it out there, and of course the usage of Alvin Kamara. Are they going to feed him, feed him, feed him, or dump the ball off 15 times? I want to know what happens with the Saints offense. So I'm looking at Jameis primarily, but overall the Saints offense is something that I'm going to be looking at here against Green Bay. We know that Rodgers and company are going to put the points up. The Saints defense is great, but can they can they keep them in bounds this week one here or get run? And I want to see what happens with Jameis holding a lead and also coming from behind if he if he needs to there. Okay, number four for you, my man. Yeah, my next one is uh, the New York Jets offense. Uh, week one, they're going to be rolling out there against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, obviously, we've been focused on their defense recently in drafts. Was it last year or two years ago? They went it just full defense, right? Um, and so I think <clears throat> we always expect the Jets defense – or uh, sorry, offense to be just atrocious. Um, but you have to think about – brought, they brought in Corey Davis. They drafted Elijah Moore. Jameson Crowder's always actually been – kind of decent sneaky. Um, and then Zach Wilson was drafted with the number of the number two overall pick, like say what you want about Zach Wilson and make all the jokes and memes that you want. Like this dude could be good. Like he could, he could be good for this jets offense. And um, so what I'm really looking for is hypothetically, if Zach Wilson is that number two overall pick that, you know, the jets saw in him and he has that talent to run this offense. Um, Who's his go-to guy? Is it going to be Corey Davis? We saw him obviously have a have a great year last year. Is it going to be the the rookie Elijah Moore, um, or is it going to be the you know the the trusted veteran of Jamison Crowder? Again, if you're in a PPR league, this is very similar, I think, to the Raiders' offense, where uh, well, actually, just without a tight end, so probably even more passing volume going to uh, the wide receivers rather than the tight end. It's probably not as high quality pass uh, volume with the rookie and Zach Wilson, but the passing volume's got to go somewhere. Uh, is Zach Wilson going to be a guy that keys in on one receiver? Um, is he going to be a guy that's spreading it around? Jameson Crowder's proven to be back when Sam Darnold was with the Jets, just an absolute PPR machine with 10 catches for you know 70 yards a game. And, and that's going to win you leagues. That's going to be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two performance on a weekly basis. So I'm really looking at, A, how good is Zach Wilson? Is he really that number two overall pick? Obviously, this this is focused on this season, right? Like, I, I'm i not worried about him long term. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to project if he's going to be worth it over the number two pick over the course of his career. But how's he going to be this year? Um, and if he's going to be sufficient and viable for an NFL offense, you know, where's the passing volume really going to go? I like it. That's a great one, man. And again, we have a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, right? And Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are the only ones getting the for real start. I mean, Mac Jones is going to also, but he's right. kind of like last minute. These other guys have been, you know, it's been the they've had the keys the entire preseason and gotten the reps. You know, I think uh, Mac Jones has kind of like won the job, which is great. But obviously, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, everyone's excited about those guys and the potential. Yeah. But are they going to do it long term? Okay, my fourth one here is Najee Harris, another rookie behind the offensive line against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. This one makes me a little bit nervous. I'm a super Najee guy. I'm still a Najee guy. I drafted him as often as I possibly could. I took him 101 in a in a rookie dynasty draft this summer. I planted my flag. He's one, you know, one of my guys. But this particular game, week one, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Um this offensive line right now, per pro, fo- pro football focus, is a bottom five offensive line. That makes me nervous. The Steelers, my entire life, man, 30 years I've been watching football, they have been a top five offensive line, incredible run game, and quality you know, quarterback proficiency with Big Ben for 20 years. It's a new offense. It's a rookie quarterback. Or it's a rookie running back. And how are they going to handle this? Um 
Buffalo Bills defense that doesn't have any superstars outside of Trey White, but necessarily, but everybody's very good, right? Like nobody talks about the Bills defense because the defense is incredible as well. I'm a little bit worried about Najee Harris in week one, but I want to see if he just gets 20, 25 touches, which I think he will. And furthermore, out of the backfield, how do they use him in the passing game? Does he get five, six, seven dump offs, which every other Steelers running back has gotten under Mike Tomlin? Do we see that out of Najee Harris because he can catch the ball? And I think that we will. So Najee Harris is definitely somebody I'm paying attention to, like focal point of the Steelers offense, but it's going to be how does Big Ben look after last year? Which wide receivers are playing where? Because these three wide receivers are great. Is Eric Ebron going to be the guy, or does Pat Fryermuth step up? He had a great preseason as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of question marks there with the Steelers. I'm going to pause for just a second, let everybody know we got a handful of questions coming in, start sit questions, things like that coming in. Jordan and I each have another uh, thing we're going to be monitoring for week one, and then we'll pause before we transition and get to a couple of these questions. So we are monitoring. I'm seeing them. Uh, we're going to pause here in just a little bit. We'll get to those, but hang on. If anybody else wants to jump in quick with a start sit, go ahead. Also, make sure you catch us on Sunday morning. That's when we'll be getting the actual start sit content. Okay, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and give me your fifth thing you're going to be monitoring for week one. Yeah, my last one's going to be the Detroit Lions backfield. Um, obviously, uh, with both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, um, they are going up against the 49ers defense. I think, A, the Lions offense is expected to be pretty bad. The 49ers have a, a very good defense. And so coming from behind, where's this passing volume to the running backs going to go? Um, as the Lions are, are trying to come from behind, is DeAndre Swift still in there? I mean, that was his – that was part of the upside of DeAndre Swift early in draft season, right, is there's no passing volume in uh, – or, or no, no target competition in Detroit. It's – DeAndre Swift and, and TJ Hawkinson, right? And then all the stories of, well, Jamal Williams is going to be our, our A back, our, our big back. Um, and so Jamal Williams has proven to be a good pass catching back throughout his career. I mean, he was in Green Bay um, and probably still can be in Detroit. And so when the, the lines are coming from behind, as I expect them to be next week uh, or this week, um, you know, where who's being used? Are they splitting? Uh, is it mostly Swift? Is it mostly Williams? Um, and then on top of that, early in the game, uh, how are they splitting carries as well? Um, obviously, I'm not focused just on the passing volume, but want to understand these two running backs' usage. Um, is the Jamal Williams a back just you know a, a bluff? Just you know, quite frankly, BS. Like you should be using DeAndre Swift, uh, in my opinion. But uh, or, or is that what Dan Campbell's really going to do? Um, so that's something I'm going to be watching closely. Uh, you know, I live out in San Francisco, so I know I'll get that game. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've been Jamal Williams uh, at least the last month. Um, I'm really worried about the groin quad situation for DeAndre Swift. And I know, you know, whenever I mention this, somebody comes up and goes, yeah, but David Montgomery had a groin issue too last year and he finished top five. I get it, and that could happen. I love DeAndre Swift. I actually had DeAndre Swift over Jonathan Taylor last year before they got drafted onto their respective teams. Once JT went to the Colts and Swift landed with the Lions, I was like, nah, later. And I went JT, of course. But pre-draft, I was all about Swift. Still am. I think he personally is a great talent. The Lions can't shake the running back thing. Multiple head coaches, multiple starting quarterbacks, multiple offenses, decades since Barry Sanders, and I know it's like this omen in, in football, but other than Randy or uh, Randy Reggie Bush going for a thousand years ago, it just hasn't been a thing until that gets booted. I love Carry on Johnson a lot coming out of the SEC with Auburn. He was one of my favorite guys landing there. I was like, okay, he'll buck the trend. Didn't so until that happens, I'm I'm worried about it. And again, I've said this a million times about Jamal Williams, but seven and a half million dollars for any running back that isn't elite is a lot of money. He's not just a backup. He's a hybrid extra guy. He's a 1B running back who did great in um, Green Bay when he got the opportunity. Now he goes to Detroit. Um, Swift is beat up. He may not even play week one. And if he does, he might be on a pitch count too. So Jamal Williams is a guy that I've got like on the, the player I have the most randomly is Jamal Williams. 
I have eight teams this summer. I have them in six leagues. It just worked out that way because I can get them late, and why not get that high-end upside handcuff who probably will get more work anyway. So I'm worried about Swift as well, and I, I might even start Jamal Williams in a couple flex positions this week, um, especially if Swift doesn't play, of course. Okay, my final one before we get to some start sit questions. Hold tight in the comment section. We'll get to you in just a second. Odell Beckham, my man, going up against the Chiefs. Week one looks great, running super fast, making super fun catches. Uh, he looks like Odell of old. Um, I think he got a couple new tattoos. Uh, he looks ready to go. He's been quiet this offseason, which I love. I've talked about this with Antonio Brown for the last couple of years, too. When A.B. got to Tampa Bay and Brady took him in and was like, hey, man, I'll get you a ring. You just need to put your phone down. <laughs> That's it. And A.B. did that. Odell, I think, got some serious humble pie last year, and so did Baker, and so did this offense in general. And they know they're a great team. They have, I think, one of the better head coaches in the entire NFL, and Kevin Stefanski, great young in ascending defense. And I think they have a legitimate chance to come out of the AFC overall, get past the Chiefs, the Titans, um, and uh, you know the Ravens, potentially the Bills, whatever. Um, but Odell Beckham had an opportunity last year, got hurt on a fluke play. It was a tackle on an interception, but he tore his ACL. How's he going to come back from that? And not only that, but like when he's been healthy the last couple of years, he hasn't been Giants Odell, right? So he needs to bounce back from the injury, but bounce back to what we all know and love of OBJ as a, an elite wide receiver. Um, his fantasy stock has plummeted, obviously. I mean, seventh, eighth, ninth round, you know, in some leagues, just because people worried about it. I want to see how he looks. He looks good on film. He looks good in practice and preseason, but so does everybody. I want to see what it looks like with the pads on. And again, in this offense, we know it's not pass heavy. It runs through Nick Chubb. But when they go play action, Baker Mayfield was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire NFL in the second half of the year last year. And everybody was like, well, he's better without Odell Beckham. Hold on. Nobody's better without an elite wide receiver. What he was able to do, though, Baker was not hyper-targeting Odell and making bad throws or snap decisions. He was scanning the field, finding the open guy, and guys like Richard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones were making big plays because Baker has a great arm, deep efficiency, and that pass uh, play action is wide open with the run game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I want to see... I want to see Odell Beckham bounce back. I'm rooting for the guy. I've been an Odell truther for the last couple of years, and everyone else has been hating on him. I'm going to give him one more season, hope he bounce back healthy and comes out of it here this week against Kansas City. And the usage is the usage. But if he gets targeted six times, I want to see four or five catches for 40, 50 yards just to make sure that he's on it and you know they're using him deep over the middle, whatever. So OBJ is my final one. Okay, Jordan, any other like alternate things before we move on here? Any other things kind of just in general as a fan of football, fantasy-wise, otherwise you're kind of just in general going to be hyper-focused on for week one? Uh, definitely the Eagles game. Uh, I mean, that one gets thrown up on the big screen. How can you not focus on on such a great team with, with high Super Bowl potential here uh, this year? I hear you. Huge <laughs> Kenny Gainwell fan, so I'll be, I'll be tuned in. As well, I want to see my man Jalen Rager go for like 16, 207 and three. No, uh, in all so seriousness, it'll work out. In all seriousness, that, that that actually is one that it's more for me being an Eagles fan rather than a uh, than a fantasy owner. But uh, I don't own any Jalen Rager fans. He's probably on your waiver wire in most leagues. Maybe you took him with with one of your last picks, but Jalen Rager could have a bounce back season. I know he's hurt a lot of his rookie season, and that's a guy that I'm looking at as an Eagles fan that I'm hoping does have that bounce back. Dude's I mean, a beast. We took him with such high draft capital. Uh, you know, we have a terrible track record of taking the wrong, the wrong wide receiver passing on DK <laughs> and Justin Jefferson in back-to-back -back years. So I'm really hoping that, that, that rigor does bounce back. Uh, yeah. So I'll be, I'll be looking for that as well. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for him, man. He was one of my favorite receivers coming out in that incredible class of last year, and he got swept under the rug because he got hurt and didn't yeah. quite perform with Denzel Mims. I want both those guys to resurface this year, and I think they can definitely make some waves. Okay, good teaser. I'm going to answer a couple questions. We're going to do an ad read, and we're going to get into the second half of the episode, which is going to be finding some last-minute gems, some guys to stash on your bench. This isn't dynasty stuff. This is – 
it might turn into dynasty stuff, but this is week one. Stash him before the waiver wire. Beat the waiver wire, if you will. Look at this guy and and put a, put a guy in the extra uh, bench spot there just be, um, so you can beat the crowd. Before we do that, though, Jordan, let's jump into a couple of these questions here. I'll bring them up on the screen. And for those of you tuning in, if you are listening to any of these shows as we go throughout the rest of the season, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, Feel free to jump in and to ask us the start sits, though. I'm, I'm going to answer them today because I'm, I'm in a good mood and it's week one. And I want you to be ready. Start sits are going to be booted to Sunday morning. Sunday mornings are going to be dedicated to start sits. So I know you guys are going to ask about the season. We might ask them if you have time. We won't always do that during a regular show. Sunday morning, tune in 8 to, or excuse me, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can tune in. Uh, put, Eastern time and seven to ten. Okay, let's jump through a couple of these though here first. Two three four two three two three four two three on YouTube wants to know start Gronk or Gesicki. Gronk Thursday night against the Cowboys. Gesicki going up against the Patriots. Yeah, for me this one's Gronk. Uh, I mean the Cowboys defense is not anything to write home about. Uh, the page or sorry the Bucks offense. Brady's now on the Bucks. Uh, so is Gronk. Uh, the Bucks offense is, you know, going to be scoring against that defense. And I know that there's a shot that Gronk's, you know, going to be targeted in the red zone. He's played with Brady forever. He's one of Brady's favorite targets. Um, I have no idea what two is going to look like this year. There's so many passing options or receiving options for him in that passing offense. Um, so I'm going to, to start Gronk there with the touchdown upside that I think uh, he has over uh, Gesicki. I agree. And I, all the points you just made, um, not sure about Tua. They have a lot of other weapons there. Also, I want to mention this too. I don't want to jump the gun or anything. There haven't been reports that Godwin or AB will miss time, but both of them have now, look, it's week one. We starting to get injury reports. These guys are popping on COVID stuff, yada, yada. Wednesdays is when we get the real nitty gritties after practice. So you'll hear about that on our Thursdays and Friday shows um, when we have updates. But right now, earlier in the week, Godwin ended up on the injury report, just skeptical, questionable situation. So did AB. If that happens, Gronk gets more targets there. Of course, he's a red zone monster, still has it done. And in prime time, you know, Brady's going to be looking for his boy. So I'm also going to go Gronk here. Okay, let's move down the list here. Another one here, Hyper Martin on YouTube. Should I drop J.D. McKissick for Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell was picked up by the Ravens practice squad, so he's not quite fully on the roster, but that's the name they went after. Justice Hill, unfortunately, gets out for the season. We all know about J.K. Dobbins. Everybody loves the Gus bus, but clearly they want extra bodies there. Drop J.D. McKissick. For Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to assume this is some version of PPR League. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's a PPR League for me, I think it's a no. Uh, I mean, Lev Bell just isn't what he used to be. Uh, Gus Edwards is still going to be the guy. Like, any running backs that the Ravens are now signing or picking up for their practice squad, like, these are insurance policies. These are not guys that are going to be getting significant touches on a week-to-week basis unless, you know, Gus Edwards uh, or – you know, perhaps Tyson Williams, uh, spoiler alert, I'll talk about him later, um, uh, go down. Um, J.D. McKissick is obviously not the starter in Washington, but last year he got a lot of the passing work. There's a potential that he still has that volume again this year. Um, in a PPR league, I, I'd probably hold on to that. I am also going to hold J.D. McKissick. I'm not uh, even really that excited about Le'Veon Bell until he a makes the starting squad, b gets a role, and c produces. So I'm going to wait on. I know Le'Veon Bell is a fun name to have on your roster, but this isn't four years ago. Unfortunately, I'm going to keep J.D. McKissick, who last year had the most running back targets. I'm going to keep him out there. He's also playing wide receiver. Dude's a beast. Keep him on your team. How about this one? Start Kamara or J.D. McKissick. I'll make this one very quickly. You start the best player. Alvin Kamara is incredible. The whole offense should run through him. It's Alvin Kamara. Next up, Dalvin Cook and Mike Davis for Hawk, Chris Carson, and JT. This is a trade question. Here we go. Let's blaze through these. We've got a bunch popping up here. Let's, let's smash through this. Dalvin Cook and Mike Davis for Hawk, Chris Carson, and Jonathan Taylor. Um, I will jump in and say... Um, I would do the trade. Meaning you, you you would give up 
Yes. Uh, Cook and, and Davis. I would. Uh, if you if you're looking I for mean, Hawk, if you're looking for Hawk, I'm assuming you need an upgrade at tight end. Yes. And Hawk's an upgrade over anybody at tight end other than the top three. Jonathan yeah. Taylor could have a massive season as well. And Chris Carson's Chris Carson, but Chris Carson and Mike Davis are the are the the bell there. And I'll lean Chris Carson. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's obviously the best player in the trade, but yeah, if you're getting two and a half to one, I'm I'm gonna let it go. Yeah, I think no, normally my rule in a trade is you want to get the best player in the trade. I think with this one, especially if you start to take into consideration what leagues this could potentially be, uh, if it's redraft uh, versus dynasty, tight end premium versus not. I mean, if it's tight end premium, I'm, I want the Hawkinson side for sure. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Next one up here. Jason, Zach, Logan Thomas, or Tyler Higby? Uh, not sure if this is a start sit. Week one, um, or if it's a like draft trade question, but either way, uh, I think I lean Tyler Higby here. Okay, I will too. Um, let's go here. This one's insane. Is this actually a question? Devontae Adams <laughs> or Christian McCaffrey? Um, it's, I think it's Christian McCaffrey for me. I mean, you go, you get a running back and a wide receiver. I don't know if there's a start sit, a, a trade question. Yeah. What PPR, non PPR, doesn't matter to me. The answer is CMC. Yeah. And, and just, Obviously, a lot of you are watching, and now we're starting to answer them, so everyone's starting to tune in, and that's fine. But you, please put it put in a. You need to give us as much information as you can give us, so we don't say if this, if that, if this, if that. A, it kills a lot of time. B, we need to know. So please tell us trade two players or start sit two players, and then PPR half PPR. Whatever. Please let us know. Tight end premium, super flex. We need to know that kind of stuff. If it's just up and out, we're always thinking probably PPR and we're thinking start, sit, not trade. So please let us know specifically. Um, I got to go CMC too, but how do you sit Devontae Adams? You have to find a reason to start him. I can't imagine you not starting both. So maybe it is a trade situation. Very quickly, Jordan, if it's a trade, PPR, Devontae Adams or CMC? CMC. Yeah. All right. Jason Zach. Uh, comes back here, Darrell Henderson or T Higgins at flex full PPR. Jason, that's what I'm talking about, my man. Way to lay it out. Darrell Henderson or T Higgins flex full PPR. I'm actually going to go with T Higgins here. Um, I think the Bengals come out gunning early and I don't think Jamar Chase is ready to go. Higgins is the number one there. Darrell Henderson still has a thumb thing. What happens with Sony Michelle? I'm going to go with Higgins. Uh, I'm also going to go Higgins specifically for that last point that you made uh there's talks that sony michelle's already ready for this rams offense uh, i guess he learns a playbook pretty fast but uh i have no idea what that split's going to look like we haven't had all training camp or preseason look at it uh i'll go with higgins in my flex all right this next one might divide the podcast but here we go <laughs> play hurts or herbert i'll let you go first it's hurts it's hurts because of the upside but it's also hurts because of the rushing floor it's also hurts because he's playing atlanta i'm uh, again assuming this is a start set um, but, uh, yeah, you play hurts because the Atlanta defense is so bad. Uh, it's, I think that's game's going to be a shootout. Um, especially if, uh, you know, everyone's healthy for the Eagles, the O-line's healthy in week one. Um, I want hurts there. I love, love, love Justin Herbert. I might actually agree with you though. And yes. it's, the, it's the matchup this week because Herbert's going up against the Washington football team. One of the better defenses in the NFL, the game's on the road, right? Jalen hurts coming out. Got to prove a lot that I don't believe in the Falcons defense either. Herbert has a much safer floor in my opinion, even with Hertz's rushing ability, because Herbert is probably going to throw for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but Hertz could also throw for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns but run for 80 to 100 and maybe a score as well. Upside hurts, floor Herbert, in my opinion. Okay, I think this is uh, Elias. If I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Another question here, new to fantasy football, made a comment below, so I want to take some time here for Elias. First of all, welcome, Elias, to the fantasy football universe, man. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay, also, Gus Edwards or Keenan Allen at Flex and PPR. Here you go, my man. I'm going to make this really quick for you. PPR. You got to go with the pass catchers because you get that extra point per reception. Gus Edwards might get a lot of work on the ground, could score a couple touchdowns, but he's not going to catch the passes. Keenan Allen should see 10, 12 targets, could have 8 to 10 receptions, maybe 100 yards receiving, and get all those catching points with maybe a touchdown. I got to go Keenan Allen here in a PPR. It's not close for me. Yeah, I, I do as well. As, and if you're new to fantasy and these are your flex options, I would love to know who your running backs are and your wide receivers because you – you did well in your first draft. 
I totally agree. So again, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Elias, welcome in to the uh, Fantasy Focus and TCK crew, but also to Fantasy Football here, man. We're here for you all summer long. All right, here we go here. Um, we got another one. And last one, do, let's see. Oh, do I drop Philip Lindsay for Michael Carter? This one's a little bit tricky. I think yeah. uh, we might have different answers on this one too. Go ahead, Michael Carter, Philip Lindsay. I lean Michael Carter. And I, I know it's a wait he, and see either way. Yeah. This is a wait a, and see either way, right? It's a wait and see, but I think I, I will say this. The, the benefit to doing Lindsay here is you'll know week one. Uh, I think like you'll know week one, how they're using David Johnson versus Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, whoever else is still in that backfield. Um, Michael Carter, you might not know week one. He might be someone that kind of breaks out later in the season. Um, so maybe hold on to Lindsay now, see what happens week one. Cause I don't expect Michael Carter to come out and set the world on fire week one. So you might still be able to, to pick up Michael Carter after you're disappointed, if you are, uh, with Philip Lindsay week one. Me, me too. Michael Carter's most likely rostered in almost every league because of the hype, right? But yeah. he's a rookie. You got to give a rookie a month. I always say this. I don't care who they are. Jamar Chase, Michael Carter, uh, you know, some some um, third string, you know, Deami Brown guy like that. You have to give rookies a month because you just have to see how it develops. Michael Carter's not going to be the first guy um, to take snap. Tevin Coleman, unfortunately, will get the start and get more work than Michael Carter. I think Michael Carter will be overall a better asset this season than Philip Lindsay. But if you actually have to choose between these two guys this week, I'm I'm taking Philip Lindsay, and I hate to drop Michael Carter. Hopefully you don't have to do that. But David Johnson is not going to be – he might be a third down back. Mark Ingram's not going to get much work. Rex Burkhead's not around. Philip Lindsay, I think, will be the guy. The issue is the Texans' offense. Do you trust the offense? No. Um, who's the quarterback, right? Like Terod Taylor, sure. Uh, this one's – if you have to drop somebody, I might stick with Michael Carter, I guess, because you want to wait and see. You don't want to lose that opportunity. But I think Philip Lindsay will have more value sooner so it maybe depends on the rest of your roster. Okay, we've wrapped up the rest of these start sits. That gives you a quick a quick uh, idea on what our start sit is going to look like. And I want to give everybody, one more time, I want to give everybody a quick uh, shout out and heads up that every single Sunday, start sit every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, 7 to 10 a.m. Pacific time, stream live on YouTube with us. Make sure, of course, you subscribe, youtube.com slash fantasy focused. We will be with you. We got all the guys with us as well. Start sit show every single Sunday morning. You'll get a group of us, whoever it may be, to help you out with that start sit onslaught. Have your questions ready. Let us know. Start sit or trade question. PPR, half PPR, super flex, tight end premium. We need to know all that stuff so that can help us help you. All right, Jordan, I want to spend maybe just five minutes or so on this last segment here. And really, this is just kind of like last minute ads. And these are guys who are not managed in 50% uh, of your leagues, right? So across whatever Yahoo, CBS, NFL, ESPN, Sleeper, wherever you play. These are guys that are most likely not rostered in 50% of your leagues. So please make sure to jump in. And I do want to give a shout out to Jason Zach one more time here. He jumped in at the last second. One more. Start Herbert or Brady. I just threw it down for Herbert against Washington football team. Brady on national TV, first game of the year against the Cowboys. This is Super Bowl champ Hall of Famer all day. Yeah, I, I also agree there. Uh, that Dallas defense, I don't think, stops that Buccaneers offense. I totally, totally agree here. And who is the best backup stash? Pollard, Madison, Tony Jones, or Chuba Hubbard? I'm going to assume you don't have any of their starters. Because if you do, then you get that handcuff, in my opinion. If you don't, who is the best backup? Um, Pollard, Madison, Tony Jones, Hubbard. I think Pollard probably gets the most organic work. I think he also has the most upside, but yep. we saw what happened with CMC going down and Mike Davis last year. Chuba Hubbard's legit. I also love Tony Jones, man. So I think I'll say Pollard, but I'd love to have any or two or three of these guys if you can fit them on your squad. Yeah, it, to me it's Pollard um, because it is that chance that he does get some work 
without Zeke going down, um, whether it's six, eight, ten points per game, uh, you know, depending on your scoring. Um, so I think he has that ability to get some points from the start. Uh, yeah. If you ever needed to, in a absolute dire situation, flex him, um, but also has that really high upside on a high-powered Dallas offense. I totally agree there. All right, so we're going to go Herbert – or excuse me, we're going to go Brady over Herbert for Jason, and then we're going to go for MB. We're going to go with uh, with Pollard there. Okay, let's go with some last-minute waiver wire ads for week one, Jordan. Just spitfire a couple of names, some guys that are like you're stashing at the end of your bench. Or, oh, look, you've had a draft last weekend. You had a couple camp reports. You say, you know what, maybe I can drop my seventh wide receiver – and maybe you pick up a handcuff who we just talked about. Maybe you're picking up Tony Pollard who got dropped. You pick up Chuba Hubbard who wasn't even drafted or somebody else. So give me a couple of names here of guys that you're kind of just stashing for week one to see what happens. Or maybe these guys actually have some workload coming their way this week that you might be able to get off of waivers. Yeah, so I, I went with the latter option uh, when, I was, when I was prepping for this of someone who – Maybe I'm the Michael Thomas owner who I drafted him early, uh, you know, before the injury. I need someone to to play week one in a in a uh, you know with with my top wide receiver out. Um, according to Sleeper, this wide receiver is on 58% of of rosters right now. It's a little bit above that 50% threshold, but depending on your league and and everything, maybe he's a little bit below that 50%. I took a little bit of liberty there because I wanted to talk about him, um, but it's Russell Gage. You talked about Kyle Pitts early and what his usage is going to look like in that Atlanta offense. If he is used as a true tight end and not that weapon X type role, Russell Gage is that number two passing option in Atlanta. Matt Ryan obviously loves to throw. Again, Atlanta's going to be down uh, against, unfortunately, a terrible Eagles uh, defense. Russell Gage could have a great week one and be a very viable wide receiver start for you this week. Uh, here's a little bit of, of receiving lines. This was actually a tweet from uh, Jared Evans of PFF uh, against the Eagles last year. Kittle went for 15, 183, and one. Uh, this is catches, yards, and, and touchdowns. DK Metcalf went for 10, 177. Hopkins, 9, 169, and one. Tyler Boyd, 10, and 125. Michael Gallup, 6, 121, and two. Amari Cooper, same same team, four and one twenty one. Devonte Adams ten one twenty one and two. Chase Claypool obviously had that blow up of uh, seven one ten and three, and also a, a little rushing. I don't think Gage is going to get that. And Tyler Higby went for five fifty four and three. Those are a lot of games that I just read off in a sixteen game schedule. This Eagles defense, unfortunately, is is not great in the passing game. And so, uh, if you're looking for a week one start, a guy that could get you the Five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown, that's Russell Gage. I like it, man. That's a great call. And look, no matter what, he's the number two wide receiver, at least on the team. We'll see what Pitts does. Russell Gage, another guy who's drafted in like the 12th, 14th round right now, he saw 100-plus targets last year, right, with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley there. So even if Pitts goes nuts and sees 100-plus targets, there's still plenty of work there for Russell Gage. Don't sleep on him. I like that a lot. All right. I'm not even going to give much analysis. I'm just going to blast a ton of names. And you could think on your roster, think about your teams, think about guys you've dropped. Or again, maybe you're able to move a guy into IR at this point for COVID, PUP. Maybe they're on the IR and you drafted him willing to wait it out. So you open up a roster spot or two. Keep an eye out for Tyson Williams. This is a big one, right? So they signed Le'Veon Bell but he's on the practice squad. Maybe he even moves up. But Tyson Williams has impressed Ravens coaches. Get him behind Gus Edwards. Unfortunately, again, Justice Hill is out of the mix now with J.K. Dobbins down too. Tyson Tyson Williams, excuse me. Tyson Williams is the guy there for the Ravens. I want him behind Gus Edwards. Pick him up 30% rostered in sleeper leagues. Also, you have Equinamius St. Brown. Could be the number one. Tyrell Williams also not rostered much in leagues as well. One of these guys is going to be the number one. The other one's going to be the number two for the Lions. I don't love Jared Goff either. I don't love this offense either, but they have to move the ball somehow. And nonetheless, these guys could get some targets. Your boy, Kenny Gainwell. I think he could be, at minimum, a good pass catcher with Boston Scott. If Miles Sanders doesn't put it together quickly, I think that he could see a lot more work. So keep an eye on Kenny Gainwell. He's a guy I've been drafting at the end of benches all summer long, fourth round of dynasty drafts, just to put him on my taxi squad. I'll throw out another couple of guys here. Single quarterback leagues, keep an eye out for Big Ben. Right, he's got the Buffalo Bills this week, which I don't love. 
but it's going to be a shootout. But then he gets the Raiders, and then he gets the Bengals. So you might be able to stash him as well. Carson Wentz, okay, if he's right, he gets a, a decent schedule after the first couple of weeks. Sam Darnold as well. We go to the running backs. We talked about all the handcuffs, okay? But then you also look at the wide receivers, and Terrell Williams is somebody I mentioned as well. He's only rostered in about 35% of leagues. Elijah Moore, another guy we talked about earlier. Paris Campbell, what's he going to be able to do for the Colts? Okay, then you have my man Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. If these guys aren't picked up, I know they kind of were put a bad taste in their mouth with rookies last year with the Raiders. We expect that's something Jordan's going to be looking at, right? Raiders, Darren Waller, but it also comes down to this wide receiver core as well. Keep an eye on Brian Edwards, who I personally think is the best wide receiver on the squad. A couple of tight ends as well. Gerald Everett, who might get a lot of work with the Seahawks as well, going up against the Colts, the Titans, and the Minnesota Vikings. All plus matchups there. Blake Jarwin, let's not forget Blake Jarwin was like the darling of tight ends last year. He was what Adam uh, Troutman was before he got hurt this year, right? Don't forget about Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. Both those guys available, still part of this offense. Dalton Schultz was a top 11 tight end with everybody else eating with Dak Prescott. Keep an eye. And then, of course, I got to give a shout out to Bobby's man, Anthony Ferkser, who is somebody that might get a lot of work too because there's only A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, there's still about 150 targets available to somebody, and we know Derrick Henry is not going to get all that work. So plenty of work there. Obviously, again, Tony Jones for the Saints is another guy we want to mention. I want to throw a name out to one of the OGs, Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard is a guy – James White wasn't drafted in a league I was in recently as well. James White, Gio Bernard, these pass-catching running backs. If J.D. McKissick is a guy that gets dropped, we talked about in the other section here in the comments – Pick these PPR running backs up. If they give you 10, 15 points, I know it's not weak winning, but you have to have the stable players as well. You have to have the 10, 12 point guys so that you don't sink if your studs don't go off. Look at a Gio Bernard. If Godwin and AB miss, it's even more time. Also, we know that the other running backs there don't work, and Brady wants his pass catcher. Okay, before we get out of here, I want to give one more shout out here. And that, of course, is to the Jersey Jungle. Make sure you DM them on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. My man Trenton will take care of you. If you're on YouTube, you look behind me today. Just put up my freshies. I did an unboxing this weekend of my new jerseys. I got some baseballs in the mix. I got some football guys right behind me, though. I got Alvin Kamara with the Home Saints, and I got Nikki Chubb with the home Browns as well. You got the logos on the side um, there as well. You got the stripes for the Browns and the collar. It says 1946, the year they came into the NFL. You get the nice logo there for the Saints on the sleeve as well. Stitch and twill, high-quality jerseys, fit incredibly, and, of course, they show well as well. All right, Jordan, that's a lot, man. Week one is underway. We're ready to go. We got games coming up on Thursday, full slate on Sunday, of course. And you guys got to – I didn't even plan to do the start sit during this episode, but you've got an idea of a, how many questions are going to come up, but B what Jordan and I, and then Bobby and Bucky and Levy are going to be able to bring you as well. Sunday morning is when we're going to do it. We might start kicking out those start sit questions during regular episodes. Cause they take a lot of time and we have a lot more content Sunday mornings is when we're going to be doing it. Jump in on Sunday morning. Also, if you do have one before then, you want to get your roster set, whatever, make sure to uh, DM Jordan or myself on Twitter. You can hit us both up at our names. You can hit me up at Sky Guasco, and you can reach out to Jordan as well at Della Valley 7 on the bottom there on Twitter. And you can find us, of course, give us a like and subscribe on all the networks and leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast through Believe podcast networks that's a lot jordan before we get out of here man any final questions my man any final thoughts to the listeners the fantasy focus crew the tck potters how we looking man there's a lot going down here for sunday you feeling ready to go uh i wish i could say that i have i'm in the middle of a slow draft right now of a team that is not looking as good as I, I hoped it would but uh maybe if your pits prediction comes true my team will be looking a little bit <laughs> I love it, man. I'm hoping the best, hoping the best for you. I hope Pitts goes off and your Eagles win. How about that? Is that fair? I that I was thought was an assumed. I thought we were talking oh, about okay. what we wanted to see. <laughs> right, right, right. Perfect, man. Well, all right. I appreciate you guys sticking around here. If you have start sits, make sure you catch us on Sunday morning again, streaming live on YouTube. We got to get out of here. 
for Jordan Della Valley. I'm Scott Guasco. We'll catch you next time on the TCK Pod. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.